Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganesi, joined as always by Nima Savale and we have another jam-packed show for you today on the Mercato. Inter are selling Andre Onana to Manchester United. That deal will become official this week. We'll discuss that and the replacements that will be coming in for Onana. And Davide Fratesi joined Inter last week. Fantastic deal for me. Is that potentially the signing of the summer? We'll ask Nimmer about that. Romelu Lukaku, uh, Inter are trying to bring him back, but he's also been linked to Juve in what would be an absolutely shock move. Um, there are teams in Saudi Arabia that want him, Al-Hilal, for one. Um, across at Milan, Christian Pulisic is joining Milan this week. That will become official. They're working on some other deals as well. Um, talking of Saudi Arabia, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, it seemed like Juventus were the favourites, but now it seems as if Milinkovic-Savic is off to Saudi Arabia. Only the player himself can veto that move. It seems like a transfer is all done between um, Al-Hilal again and, and Lazio. Um, and this is a, a growing trend of the way that football's going. So we're going to have a little bit of a deep dive on on what this means, not just for for for, for Milinkovic Savic and for for, for Serie A, but um, just football as a whole. Um, this is a something of a paradigm shift, I think, certainly for UEFA. So we'll discuss that. Um, and uh, also we have Kim Min Jae leaving Napoli. He will join Bayern Munich. That will probably become official. This week, in fact, it will have to be because his uh, release clause uh, is uh, only eligible this week. Um, and um, Paolo Dybala has been heavily linked to Chelsea. He was in England um, over the last few days. Um, so we will discuss um, whether it is realistic that he, he could join Chelsea. Um, so those are the those are the main topics. And we'll have Badjo and Premface of the week as well. So... Um, yeah, let's get into it. Just before we do, though, um, as always, this is our, our Monday show. For, so for all our first-time listeners, this is our free weekly episode, which we do every Monday, reviewing the weekend Serie A action and all the biggest talking points in Italian football. If you want to support the, the Italian Football Podcast and receive all our content that we do throughout the week, including our weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday, where we answer all the questions sent in from our patrons, plus the weekly Thursday midweek review show, plus interviews, post-match reaction, and much, much more, then go to patreon.com slash TIFP and become a subscriber for just $2.99 a month plus VAT. And for all of you listening on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, etc., we'd really appreciate a five-star rating and give us a follow, subscribe to us. Um, really, really helps us to, to grow uh, and to, uh, to spread Serie A around the world. Okay then, let's start off then and talk about Onana. Okay, so first things first, Nima, um, can you just confirm, Andre Onana, it's a done deal, isn't it? It's going to become official this week. Um, can you just confirm that and also tell us what is the situation in terms of replacing <coughs> Onana for Inter? Well, Inter are budging, are not budging from the 60 million evaluation. They want, they want a deal worth 60 million euros. Um, and they... There's, they're not that far apart, so I think it's ma- mainly down to some negotiation in terms of the structure of the deal, the formula, how much is paid up front, how much is paid in add-ons, and all that stuff. So I think, yes, I, I expect this deal to be wrapped up this week. Um, and I expect Inter to go after Jan Sommer and uh, Trubin. 
the Ukrainian youngster, 21 year old, to 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 rep to replace Onana with those two. Uh, from what I understand, the negotiations are going on um, parallel with Trubin uh, and uh, with 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 intermediaries there, and Inter want want to get him wrapped up for this season already they they think they need a more they want a more experienced goalkeeper uh in summer and and they want the like in a short-term kind of situation if something were to not work well um but they believe in trubin as the long-term solution and i have to say i think it's a wise decision i really rate this guy i remember when inter played shakhtar and he was in goal he was he was a monster he, he was only i think he was only 19 then um, he, he's a he's a goalkeeper, young goalkeeper with lots with already Champions League and Europa League experience, and he is good with his feet. That's something that I think is why Inter are looking at, at him as much as they are. Is the fact that obviously it's not he's not as good as Andre Onana with his feet. And when I say good with his feet, I think we need to clarify what that means. That's it's not that he can receive a ball and pass it. No. We're talking about the kind of link-up play, the kind of vision, craft, ability to execute brilliant passes down the middle, whether it's high balls or through balls um, down the middle. That's the kind of passing we're looking at here uh, in the build-up phase, which helps you, well, which kind of makes you very press-resistant, as we saw with Onana last season in Europe. And that's the kind of goalkeeper that Inter are looking for long-term. Uh, with both Sommer and um, with, above all, Trubin. So I expect those two to come in. Uh, Di Gennaro, a former, um, a former Primavera player, is going to come in to be, uh, to, be, uh, to be the third-choice goalkeeper. It seems like I think that deal is going to be wrapped up this week as well. So Inter are basically changing the entire goalkeeping setup. Onana, Handanovic um, and Cordas all gone. And it looks like three new goalkeepers are being coming are coming in. I mean, this is this is the revolution at Inter that we've been waiting for for the last couple of years, throughout the team, uh, and and it's happening now because lots of players are leaving and lots of players are coming in. Mm, yeah, uh, they sure are. Uh, and talking to players that are coming in, Davide Fratesi officially became an Inter player uh, last week. Um, in my opinion, this this could I mean, it's still a long way to go. We're only mm, the second yeah. week of, of July. But this could potentially be the signing of the summer. Um, when I look at the price that Inter paid, twenty-five million. What well, a loan <laughs> to start with. with well, it's not. It's a. It's a five million euro loan. It's an obligation at twenty-five million. There's add-ons for another four or five million if Inter were to win the Scudetto and and all that stuff. And then you have Mulattieri, which is which on the side is worth around somewhere between seven to nine million euros. Um, to bring that, which is a separate deal, uh, that in, both Inter and Sassuolo were very, very adamant that this is, you know, Mulattieri is going to Sassuolo regardless of what happens to Fratesi. Um, so, so we have to look at the Fratesi deal in and of itself, and I think that's where we're headed. We're, we're going to be somewhere around thirty-five million euros. Mm. By the way, it's the structure of the deal and everything. It's, a, it's an amazing deal for for, for Inter. Um, I, Nimmer's GIF um, 
is uh, is the first thing that comes to mind. No, because it's I not. just I just know what you say whenever Juventus sign players. With, you can't uh, compare uh, that. <laughs> this is a, this is a deal worth almost forty million euros potentially. That's not really the same as with the Locatelli deal, which was what <laughs> what was that? Uh, a pack of crisps, uh, a Snickers bar, and and a French kiss in the wind. <laughs> I mean, come on. I've just wait. I've just waited. If anybody, I mean, listen. I'm looking at this on the positive. I'm joking, obviously. Yeah. But you know, I'm just looking at if this was another team that bought this deal you know this would Nimmer's Jeff but listen all, but there's be a difference the here place. because Fratesi Fratesi was very clear he said he wanted to stay in Italy I mean he mm. essentially chose Inter it was the player's will that made this deal possible because he was very very adamant he wanted Inter he was very clear about that he wanted to join Inter yeah. he wanted to play under Simone Inzaghi he wanted to be teammates with Nicolo Barella he didn't want to leave Italy he made that perfectly clear because there were there was premier league interest in him and he said flat out no i'm staying in italy mm. um and then when he and and then he looked at the role that he has and he was you know he did an interview with gazetta essentially saying i'm a mezzala i want to play in this position um and he looks you know and, and then you look at the deals that were there and there was juventus milan and inter all interested but inter work had already kind of worked hard on the deal and, and wrapped up an agreement and he gave preference to Inter over Juve and Milan so I think rightfully was, so because I yeah. think that he it's, it was made crystal clear to him what his position would be in yeah. the team that that position yeah. would suit his 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 player three man midfield yeah. rather than a two that, yeah. Yeah, that Milan play or whatever the hell Juventus play um, well that's the, the thing I think with Juve it was more a question of you know okay you're playing a 3-5-2 but who's going to do what and yeah, exactly. where and I think there was a bit of confusion there and I felt that and, and I think in his head it was more a question of well I know exactly what's happening at Inter and I know exactly who my teammates yeah, there's are clarity and there's on his very, position yeah. and, and on his pathway in the in the yeah. going forward and the yeah. fact that he was replacing Brozovic and that he was guaranteed a starting place yeah. and 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 all this um so I think he's made the right decision I think yeah. it's a fantastic financial deal for, for mm. and sportingly a great deal um you know okay we can talk about Inter not getting enough for for Brozovic, but at the same time, I think they've got a really good deal here. Um, I just, I just think this is another example, and I understand that if, it, if the player wants to stay, then Italian clubs can only afford a certain amount of money. Yeah, exactly. And that that get, that means that the, the price goes lower, unless. Well, which is what Locatelli did. I mean, Locatelli, you know, he refused to go to Arsenal. You know, it's just when you compare a player like Fratesi going for this amount of money, and then you look at the standard of some of the players going elsewhere mm. outside of Italy not just to the Premier League you know not just Premier League to Premier League transfers but also players moving to the Premier League from other from other leagues and I just think you know Serie A teams do also they do undersell they really do undersell and I think that is something that I know this is a more of a unique situation but I do mm. feel like you know Serie A clubs can be getting a hell of a lot more money uh, and Onana is another example of that which we've discussed we don't need to go into it again we discussed that at length last week yeah. um, I just feel like you know Serie A players should be valued higher and it shouldn't just automatically be well because they play in Serie A this, this, they're just no gonna, we're just I don't, gonna I don't think it is I don't think it is I think it's got to do more with the fact that which clubs are interested I think that drives the price up right now when players from France Portugal and Bundesliga they go for lots of money because the buying clubs involved are Premier League clubs with lots of money, lots of cash. With Italian players, I don't think there is that interest and therefore the price is kind of not, may, might, might look a little bit too low and it depresses the price, if you will. But at the end of the day, 
I've, so I think it's more down to that more than anything. I think I think, just, I think the example to, to, to follow is De Laurentiis. I know mm, some would, mm, some might say he I takes agree. it. He, I, some, I know some might say he takes it to the extreme. But look at his record. I mean, he gets big money for his players, and he's and he's very very. But then again, you know that then it also needs to tie into how the club is run as a whole. You know, exactly. Napoli are, are run so well; they're profitable. They've got no debts. That Atalanta they can, they know how set, to sell. They can set their own terms. Exactly. Atalanta. How many players have they oversold? I mean, look at. I mean, uh, remember what's his name? Uh, Diallo. Yeah. He sold for forty million to Man United, and he <laughs> played about. <laughs> like 70 minutes of, of first team football. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's insane. I mean, I just feel that, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the case as well. Napoli are a profit, profitable club. They've got no debts and they can, they, well, they can, can play hardball. The They're not, yeah. yeah, they can, they can dictate the terms. And I think Milan and Inter and Mi- Milan as well. I mean, Milan have reduced their debt massively under Elliot and Inter are doing that as well now. Um, as well. I mean, they've, they've, re- they're reducing the cost. They're balancing the books. They're a much better place financially than they've been in a very, very, very long time. Pretty much since Suning took over, I think they're 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 kind of going in that direction. I think this is before Suning and Marotta got all sidetracked with blinding lights and buying shiny toys with the Conte project. This was what they were supposed to do. If you remember, I remember vividly the the words were sustainable, long term, and homegrown. Those were the three words that Marotta, when he came to Inter and Suning, they were talking about. They were going to go with with that. And then they abandoned that when Antonio Conte came in, because they had to. And they brought in Lukaku and they, you know, they decided, you know, the, 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 the ready players now kind of thing. Um, now they're going back to what they actually wanted to do from the start. And and I think that's that could be a I think that's a good thing. I think that's you know, that's that's a dose of reality that the, the pandemic kind of imposed on Serie A clubs to, to be financially stable. The issue, of course, is that when when you have clubs in other countries and other leagues who don't give a damn about the financial sustainability rules and just do whatever the hell they want. Mm. Um, and, and that's the issue. Well, don't but need I think for, to. Yeah, don't need well, to worry about them, yeah. Yeah, no, but seriously, I mean, it's like, it is what it is. But Italian, I think it's good for Italian football that Italian football is on the path of sustainability, financial sustainability, and that they've had an, you know, what we spoke about last week about the TV deal. Not, you know, they're not even getting that domestically anymore. That's that's a good that's good for them. I think reality a reality check is good for people who don't live in reality, and that is maybe you need to improve your product on every level without going into detail. I think this is good in and of itself in isolation for Italian football, yes. But, but you know, then there are other, you know, there's different contexts that we've discussed at length to death, some would say even on this pod about, you know, how, how there's a rule, there's, there's some rules for some and others, other, the same rules don't apply for everyone and so on. Yeah, for sure. Let's, let's, let's stay on with, with Inter-related, Romelu Lukaku. Um, <coughs> So this is an interesting one. Now we know that Lukaku wants to wants to to, to, to join Inter again, mm. Uh, mm. and um, we know he wants to leave Chelsea. He's got no in, you know intention. Mm. Um, Chelsea have pretty much accepted that now that you know that he wants to leave, um, but they want to sell him permanently and they want a certain amount of money. Um, and but there's also interest from Saudi Arabia. We know we've learned in the last few days that Saudi Arabian club um, is it Al Hilal 
Is it Al Hilal again? So. Yeah, so. Al Hilal um, have, have bid uh, uh, around about forty-five to fifty million, so quite a lot of money. Uh, and obviously, Chelsea would like to, to, to accept that offer, but it seems um, you can correct me in a minute that, that Lukaku has no interest still of, of moving to Saudi Arabia. So but far, now, he's made it very clear that he's yeah. not interested in joining anyone except Inter. Hmm. Okay, because That's... just to throw in uh, just to throw in something else that Juventus are now also being heavily linked by a number of journalists, um, important journalists that are saying that 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 um, Juventus wants to sign and they want to sell Vlaovic and and sign Lukaku. Now, just to get the Juventus thing out of the way, the Juventus thing makes no sense at all in terms of the numbers <coughs> from a Juventus point of view. Um, I've seen them saying they'll sell Vlaovic. They could do a deal with Chelsea, sell Vlaovic for 25 million plus Lukaku, which just is just absolute nonsense. Juventus will never nah. do that. The salary of Lukaku will be, virtually be the same as Vlaovic, if not more. Um, so they're, they're not saving any money there either. Um, and also, that's before you even get to the point that I just I just don't see Lukaku wanting to join Juventus um, with, because of the love he has for Inter. Um, I well, just also I because of what happening. happened last season between him and the Juve fans. And that's as well. Racial, yeah, exactly. I yeah, mean, that he was well. racially abused in, in a very public manner. So, yeah. uh, I just... So, I, mean, I, just, I wanted to get the Juventus situation out of the way first. I, don't, I just don't see this Look, happening. I understand if Juve are interested because it kind of makes some sort of sense because they can cash in on Laovic, make back some money on that and then kind of you know, get Lukaku in on a three-year deal or something, and they'll probably get him at lower. There's no, there's no way he's making as much as he's made in Chelsea, at Juve or Inter for that matter. He's going to have to cut his wages, and he knows that, and he's prepared to do that because he prefers the sporting but what, challenge. How much of Inter bid for Lukaku? What's what? Well, what's we their know offer? that Inter Inter were on a loan with an with an option that becomes an obligation next summer, set at twenty five million euros. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, I just way. don't see. I mean, you know, if Juventus are having to at least match that, and we know that's been rejected so far from Chelsea, yeah. if they are having to at least match that to get Lukaku, then it just again numerically makes no sense for where Juventus are in. How they have to make 140 million this summer. They're signing a yeah. 30 to 31 year old. Um, what he will be 31 when that becomes an obligation. Yeah, um, they're trying to cost cut the wages. It makes no sense. It makes zero. Well, it depends. Sense I mean, if if this Pogba thing that we think we should talk about as well. I mean, with him. Yeah, we'll come to Saudi. that. We've got so we've got a whole I mean, section if, on Saudi if, Arabia. If, if they were to buy Pogba for for a big chunk of money, then all of a sudden you're kind of well on your way to that. Yeah, well, it just doesn't fit into the whole new. Cost cut, cost cuts in. Well, yeah, I don't get it either. But at the same time, you know that Italian clubs, even though they want to rejuvenate, they still want to have some sort of experience in it as well. And I think Lukaku gives you that experience domestically. And let's remember, Juve are just going to have one game a week in the Serie A. Um, so I think Juve are in an excellent position to actually, you know, push for the title, and they know that. Um, and so bringing someone like Lukaku in, who resolves situations, you know, in the Serie A, is is right in their kind of. It makes sense. My issue is, like you said, his salary, is he willing to cut his wages to join Juve? And is he even interested in joining Juve? I'm not yeah. too sure. But from a Juve perspective, I kind of understand why they're doing it. There's no way in a million years this, 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 I just don't buy it at all. If anything, mm. I don't want to sound like Enola or Luco. This is, I don't know, Marotta putting stuff out there to try and hurry up the deal with no Zang I think this is Chelsea I don't know no <laughs> this don't... is Chelsea look it's obvious or it's Chelsea, Chelsea. Are... yeah it's Chelsea it's trying, Chelsea. To, trying to hurry interrupt yeah, yeah exactly but, yeah I mean when Chelsea I don't want to say too much here and name names but when verbatim when tweets verbatim read the same 
from journalists, English-speaking journalists, at the same time, you can bet your fanny that it's Chelsea putting uh, putting yeah. statements out there. In oh yeah, WhatsApp they brief messages. They brief journalists. Yeah, yeah, they brief them. Let's let's not let's not. There are briefings. The all, all Premier League clubs. Um, I'm not sure if it, it works slightly differently with Italian clubs, but it's very organised with with English clubs. That every English club has a has a small group of um, yeah. of journalists that they, they brief to basically, and, yeah. and they tell them what to what to, what to put out there. Basically, <laughs> it's yeah. just that's what it is. And when you see these tweets all coming within five minutes of each other mm. and verbatim reading the same thing, it's like okay, so we copy pasted the WhatsApp message, did we? <laughs> I mean, it's just that's what that is. I think it's. I don't think it's Marotta putting that out there. I think it's this is Chelsea. They want money for Lukaku because they know he's not coming back. Um, mm. and he's not interested and they want to make back some of the cash that they made that they lost on him I think that's what it is but yeah. as we know today as we're recording this on Monday we know that there's a delegation from Inter going in to start actual talks with Chelsea uh, now today is the day they're going to do that because Lukaku's growing weary he's growing impatient and above all so is Simon Inzaghi he wants a striker he wants those he wants the strikers to be Turam Lautaro uh, Lukaku and, and, and one more whether it's Korea or Nyonto or whoever it is Oof. get Nyonto that'd be fantastic for yeah I mean get rid of Korea and get Nyonto would be just unbelievable that would be also, because, also because he's an Inter Primavera product it would make sense mm. um, so yeah yeah absolutely okay right um, so that's Lukaku we'll come back onto Juventus in a bit when we talk about Milinkovic-Savic let's go on to Milan first so Christian Pulisic, as I said on the top, he will become an officially a Milan player this week. Um, we're looking at probably around about 20, just over 20 million euros, maybe 21, 22 million uh, from Chelsea. Um, so that's another Chelsea player. I don't want to use the word reject, but let's say... Well, he is a Chelsea reject, well, let's okay, be honest. You said it. Um, no, but he <laughs> is a Chelsea reject. And that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that he's crap, but he, he is a Chelsea reject. Yeah. Well, he's the latest I, Chelsea... Fikayo Tomori was a Chelsea reject, but he turned out to be great for Milan. Like, that doesn't mean... Yeah. Like, there's no... Uh, I mean, there's no yeah. correlation. Loftus-Cheek, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, of course, joined earlier in the yeah. summer. And, and now, yeah, Pulisic, Pulisic follows on. Um... Obviously, and we have a lot of American listeners, um, obviously in America, they've gone very, very big on this. Um, well, isn't he, he like the captain of the national team? I'm, not sure, if he's the, I'm not sure if he's the captain, but he is yeah. like, you know, the poster, the poster yeah, boy he's the poster for the last, boy for the last years, soccer, Captain yeah. America and, yeah. and, and all that. And, you know, he, he, I'll be honest, when he was at Borussia Dortmund, I, I really liked him. I thought he yeah. was a big, big talent. Um, yeah. I thought, you know, he has the... The pace, the dribbling, that intensity, that kind of, you know, he can stretch the game. Um, he's got, he's unpredictable. He, you know, he, he can scare I think defensive. there's a player there. I, I think, think there's a player there. Yeah, I think sure. there is a player there. It, it yeah. hasn't worked at Chelsea. I think he started off okay. His numbers weren't too bad at the start, um, but he obviously... Yeah, he's lost the last couple of seasons. I mean, last season was a total disaster, but it was for every Chelsea player. And Chelsea, Chelsea were a disaster last season. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think actually, that- I'm actually a bit positive about this signing for Milan. I think he could do a job there if he can stay fit. I actually think that he will do really well at Milan. I think he will suit the football that Pioli plays really, really well. Um, mm. I think, I think, I think this is a good signing for Milan. 
Um, but I mean, how good and where does it take him? That's again, it's tenth of July. But he's still young. So. He's twenty-four years old. So well, exactly. He, he, you know, this isn't. You know, this isn't. Say Loftus Cheek at twenty-seven. No. Twenty-eight no. or however, no. however old Loftus Cheek is. Yeah. This is a player that that's still. You know, he, there is a lot of upside there. Uh, and he's and, got his best years ahead of him. Let's be yeah. honest. And I mean, I think the biggest issue with him, obviously, the fitness um, is yeah. a big problem. Mentality. He does come across to me, people I've spoken to, he's quite a shy person and you need to be, you know, we don't want another De Ketteler on our hands. De Ketteler's too shy. He's too, too timid. meek. Too yeah. timid, too meek. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be, you, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying you have to be a social butterfly and be able to, you know, <laughs> be, be you know, able to talk to anybody on the street, you know, I'm, I'm, but, show a bit of personality and character and, and like you belong there, your body language. You know, I love, I love looking at players' body language when they come out on the pitch. Uh, you know, you tell, you can tell a lot from a player, I think just, 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 just that. Yeah. Um, and you know, De Ketteler, everything about his body language is terrible, terrible, awful. He looked scared most of last season. Yeah. So, you know, that is my, I guess with Pulisic, he does, I'm not saying he's as bad as De Ketteler, but you know he, there is a little bit of some question marks about him on his mentality. Um, Here's the thing, though. I think the difference is that he's been at Chelsea, he's been at Dortmund, he's been at big clubs. He knows what it means to play big games in, 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 in a demanding environment. De Ketteler yeah. went directly from Belgium to Milan. Yeah, and he's been in Europe a long time as well yeah, in terms yeah. of you know making his way. And, exactly. And- no, I actually think this could be a this could be an under this is an underrated signing for Milan. I think he ha- I think he will do well at Milan. Given how Pioli wants to play, and I think he's—I think this is going to be a good signing for Milan. I think this is going to mm. be a signing that they absolutely are going to enjoy. I think this could be probably their best signing this this uh, this summer. I think uh, this—it's—it's—it it makes sense to me why they're getting him. Um, so I, I'm not too worried about that. Um, uh, the Loftus Cheek—I mean, look—I've never been been that guy's biggest fan because for the simple fact that he's not played regularly enough because he's always injured. Mm. And I'm not sure that is what Milan want to be spending money on. Um, but, you know, we'll see if they can keep him fit and he can grow into the role as well. And together with with Benasser and, and Pulisic, then they actually are starting to... And, and, and if they can get the Kettler firing as well and Leao, that's a, that's a very dynamic midfield. It's, it's, a, it's a midfield with pace, intensity. They can dribble. They can, the ball progression is good. They have passing intelligence with Benasser. No, it, it makes sense on paper. It's about getting it to getting it out on the pitch as well. Uh, and I want to see. I also want to know who's going to play on right wing. Well, it could potentially be Pulisic. I think he's able yeah, to play all those positions. Yeah, I think he's able enough. to play. I mean, I think that's why the four-two-three-one does suit him because I yeah. think he is. He has yeah, have the. He does have the versatility. That's true. Um, and he doesn't necessarily have to have a fixed position either. Uh, no, so that's fair. That's you know, fair. he's good on the counter. He's good with the high press. You know, I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I think he does suit the style of play. But you know, like we said, the fitness, the mentality, and also, you know, he needs to get back playing. You know, hasn't played, barely played. You know, so he needs to get his rhythm back. Um, and and also, you know, again, there is, there will always, we are still waiting for that first American player to really crack it at a big, big club, like a yeah. traditional traditional big club in a big league. I think, I think we Pulisic haven't had that. that we have not had that yet. No, until we've we not do, had that. Until we do, there are always going to be these stereotypical doubts about, well, it's Americans, they can't crack it. 
at mm. soccer. I got to be honest with you. Know. I think Christian Pulisic could be that player. I really mm. at Milan. I think so. I think I think everything is there for him to show to really, you know, go and and I think he's also the kind of character who he knows that this not, not it's now or never. You're 24 years old. You're at Milan. Now you have to start delivering. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like that it has now's it's 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 your turn now. This is it for you. Um kind of thing. Uh, Cuz if he fails at Milan, then it's downhill from there, I think. You know? Um, yeah, they're, they're probably. Yeah, there's no. There shouldn't be any way back after that. No, if he, fa- no. if he fails, but I, I, I'm actually fairly positive about this signing for Pulisic and Milan. I think it's a smart signing. I think it's a. I think it's a signing that will suit Pioli's football, and I think it suits their. For all the reasons I've mentioned so far, I think it's an intelligent signing. To be honest, okay. I just don't think, like, I mean, Weston McKenney is not. I. I mean, I know there's going to be these co- comparisons. Um. And, well, Weston McKennie is not that guy. And he's a very, very simple footballer. There's nothing wrong with it. You need I know what the goals. issue is. I know what the, the, a lot of, the, a lot of the, the issue that people have, I think, with this transfer of Pulisic is the kind of... They're, they're seeing the way that the American soccer TV channels that, that broadcast Serie A are, are exagger, like, exaggerating. They often exaggerate with... You mean Americans. like referring to Weston McKinney as the biggest personality to ever play in the Serie A? Well, just, just, look, just, look, <laughs> they're just making, I mean, I understand that if you have the TV rights, you're going to, you know, you're going to try and capitalize on that. I understand that. But at the same time, you have to be, you know, don't treat your, don't treat your listeners like idiots. And no, make don't treat out, your audience like morons. Yeah, yeah, don't treat them like idiots and make out that Weston McKinney is a, is a good, is a top player or even a good player. <laughs> you know? or has a or has a big personality like <laughs> which well, you know, I thought I was, yeah I mean I, I, he's I, a chilled out guy he's, he's a chilled out guy big personalities Latan Ibrahimovic has a big personality yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't care about all the extra stuff I'm just you know just talking on a football level yeah. you know a football level don't don't tell yeah. your don't overhype don't yeah, hype no. these players as being top top players when they're not when they're and not. I think that's the issue that people have uh, are having with, with the way of transfer and now obviously the Pulisic transfer that people just automatically think well they just you know the American channels are going to go over overboard, building up Pulisic as being this this LeBron James of soccer. Yeah, <laughs> that, but, but, that, but that's not his. Him, yeah, somebody yeah, called him. Who was it that called him that? I, I can't know. remember who it was. I, I really can't remember who it was, and I, it makes me laugh every 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 single time because it's it's such a silly thing to say. Yeah. Um, and and it's not Pulisic's fault because he didn't ask to be branded that, so we should also kind of remember mm. that. But, I mean, obviously, um, take take interest in the players. I mean, I remember, like in England in the nineteen nineties, there was there was a very very kind of iconic uh, TV program in, in England called Channel Four Football Italia, which yeah. was hosted by James Richardson. Yeah. And th- at that time, quite a few English players moved over to, to Serie A. There was yeah. Paul Gascoigne, David there Platt. was David Platt, there was Des Walker. Um, you know, a few of the, the players that played in the um, Italia ninety, in 90 squad were, were over there, moved over to England, and um, you know they, they they did a lot. You know, but they didn't hype. And, and these players actually could have been overhyped, like Gascoigne, for example. He, know, was he was fantastic. He was a world class player exactly. when he was at his best. And even David Platt, you know, he was he was a fantastic was player brilliant. as well. Um, you know, they could have overhyped these, but they didn't. They, they 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 treated them, you know, as top players, but but you know, in line with everything else, they didn't make them the front and centre of, of you know yeah. they are Serie A kind of thing. Yeah. So well, that's that's I, what's going to happen. I, I, you know that. 
mm. we all know what's going to come. I mean, <laughs> we all know what's going to. Well, we happen, do, so. we do, and I think that's part of the reason why people yeah. are, are kind of just like, yeah. or kind of like. I, know, I think Christian Pulisic force is it down do our throats, kind of. Yeah, thing, you know. No, I, I think Christian Pulisic will do well. I think Tim with Viam a little bit. I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's a question mark for me. Weston McKinney, um I don't. I just. I think that's going to be. That's Juve don't want him. Like that. That's just. That's just what we know. We know Juve want to get rid of him. And that that tells me everything I need to know, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, well, Tijani Reinders probably going to follow Pulisic to Milan. Yeah. It might not get done this week, um, but I, I, it does look like it, it's probably going to be done. Um, so I haven't watched much of this guy. Uh, I've spoken to a few people. Um, he he's, has a very good short passing game. Yeah. Um, and he he's, you know, he he he's only been a starting regular for a, for a, for a season at AZ in terms of starting matches and he's 25 this month so yeah I mean you know we'll see this is where the scouting comes in um, yeah I'm, I'm just surprised that, Kamada, that they pulled out of the Kamada deal the Kamada deal like that is to me that, that's weird that he doesn't suit Pioli's football um was was the was the reason? Well, possibly. I, I think probably. I think it's a strange. Probably thing. to do with Maldini. I think this was a. Yeah, Maldini well, of course, transfer. he was a Maldini signing yeah, for sure. This was a Maldini transfer, yeah. and and everything got held up, and then, yeah. It'll be yeah. interesting to see where he goes. I think if he goes to Roma, that would be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll come I think to Roma. Two, three, four, two, one with uh, Pellegrini and Camara is is interesting. Mm. It's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about. Okay. Let's talk about Roma then. See. see just you. briefly, just the Milan search for a striker. We got to discuss that. I mean, Alvaro Morata, Mehdi Taremi, Scamacca, Emanuele Mega. I mean, they need a striker, but because obviously, what's his name uh, is not good enough. No, not Giroud. What's um, Belgian? Yes, Origi. Well, yeah, they're trying to sell Origi yeah, to the Premier League at the moment. The problem is yeah. he's on four million a year. Yeah, and even and Premier nobody... League clubs are probably looking at and thinking, we're not paying four million a year. <laughs> we're not paying four million for Divock Origi. <laughs> we can afford forty million a year, but we're not paying you four we're million. We're not a paying year. four million for him, um, which I think is a problem. I think that's what's the hold up here. But I got to be honest with you. I think someone Skamaka would be a gamble, even though I think it would be good for him to go to Milan. I think just for Scamacca to go to Roma, Milan, wherever he goes, it would be good for him, as long as he gets to start. But if we're talking about players who are ready, I think someone like Taremi and Morata would, would be ready to take over, because Taremi is, is, does what can do what Giroud does, but he's also very mobile. Sergio Conceição... Morata look, and Taremi are both 31. Yeah, year, well, that's, so. that's, 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 that's what goes against it, because Milan don't want to spend that kind of money on a 30-plus-year-old. That's just not yeah. part of the, their plan. But if we're talking tactically, I think Taremi would be very, very, very good for them. But yeah. then, I mean, the, the, the steps that he took under Conceição, Conceição has turned him into a complete striker. No, he's a very underrated player. Yeah. He's very all-round, isn't he? Very all-round. Complete. Complete, complete. Very complete yeah. player, yeah. And it's all Conceição that unlocked that. I mean, he decided mm. that he was going to turn him into this complete striker about a year and a half ago, and then since then, it's just been wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is... I mean... It seems like Pioli's made it clear that he wants their business done early. He wants to be able to work with them on the, on the training. Yeah. And I, I understand that because there is a lot of turnover yeah. at Milan yeah. and he probably wants time to work with them. So yeah. I can understand that. So I think we can probably see some movement with Milan, yeah. especially as they've got money to spend as well. Yeah, now with they the, do. With the Tonali sale. But they definitely do. Yeah, they definitely need a striker. And they need more yeah. options. I mean, Milan's lack of depth last, last year... Yeah. 
was ridiculous. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. Like just looking at that semi-final <clears throat> of the Champions League, and Inter brought on. I can't remember who they brought on. As well, subs. they brought on Brozovic. Brozovic, <laughs> Lukaku, and was it Gosens? Uh, yeah. And then you looked at the other bench in Milan. And <laughs> it was just like, what is this? You know, yeah. it was there was just no one to bring on at all. Yeah. And it, that just said it all. Yeah, absolutely. Right, okay. Let's let's move on to Roma then, then we'll talk about Milinkovic Savic. So yeah. so Roma, uh, as you mentioned, um, Roma are are Buying loads of freebies this summer. They bought, they're about to sign Rasmus Christensen and Diego Lorente on loan from Leeds on July loans. They've all already brought on Indica and Oa on Bosmans. Um, so I think the positives from this is they're making the squad deeper, which is something that Mourinho was very unhappy about last season. And he was right to be. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure Christensen and Lorente, I mean. Yeah, yeah but Llorente did all right. Did all right, yeah, but yeah. I mean, these are these are player. okay. If they're squad players, they're squad players. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Indica and Awa should be good signings. Indica definitely. Awa mm. was a, I was he looked like a very very talented player a few years ago, and then just didn't develop. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but anyway, the big story around Roma in the last few days has been Paolo Dybala. Lots of yeah. reports in English media in recent days that Chelsea are planning to move for him. Uh, Mauricio Pochettino, the new manager of Chelsea, of course. Uh, he's Ar- he's Argentine uh, himself. Uh, he's a huge, huge fan of the player. Um, was close. Tried to sign him for Tottenham a few years ago when when yeah. when when Juventus were trying to offload him uh, in order to bring in Romelu Lukaku, mm. um, and then Dybala rejected it because he didn't want to move to London. Um, he was at Wimbledon in the last week, um, a few days ago actually. Paolo Dybala with his with his girlfriend um, Sabatini, who actually is the I think the niece of Gabriella Sabatini. I was going to say, is she the former? Yeah, okay. The yeah, Gabriella Sabatini. Gabriella Sabatini. Who was? Um, I'm not sure if she won Wimbledon. She she got to the final one year against Steffi Graf. I remember. Mm. No, uh, she was, she won the U.S. Open. I yeah, she won Gabriella some Grand Slams. Yeah, she yeah. won she won some Grand Slams. I remember Slams. Gabriella Sabatini. Yeah, she yeah. Won, so she so won that's that's the I believe it's the niece. They're, they're close rela- relations anyway, mm-hmm. and you can tell just looking at them, they look very similar. Yeah, they um, do. So they were at Wimbledon together. Um, yeah, a few days ago. So that that created a. Yeah, a storm of uh, of reports. Um, so, so yeah, this this has been going. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, Paolo Dybala has come out in in re- recent hours and said he's staying at. Well, I'm not sure if he said he's staying at Rome. He says, well, you know, I'm starting preseason training. I'm I'm looking forward to the next season and everything. I don't think this is going to happen for a number of reasons. First of all, I don't think Paolo Dybala himself wants to or ever wants to move to England. We saw that when he rejected Man United and Tottenham. Uh, in 2019, yeah. because of the because of the country, because of the culture, um, he just he just he just doesn't fancy England from a cultural point of view. No, now, the, the the caveat to this is is his girlfriend Sabatini, who who is very very unpopular with with uh, with Juventus fans in particular. They feel that she, since he got together with her, that's when his form went completely off the rocks. Now she is known as being well. She's painted as being someone who kind of wears the trousers and she obviously, you know, has her own career and maybe she could influence him. She started doing some media stuff with some English media. Um, maybe it could be something she might have her eye on. I don't know. I don't even know if she speaks English. Um, and so, so um, yeah, I don't know if she could influence him, but yeah, I don't, I don't see him... Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see him um, wanting to go there. Um, to be honest with you, 
think it depends. Uh, if it had been any other club that played in the Champions League, I think he'd be more inclined. But to go to Chelsea, okay, Pochettino's there, but mm, I don't know, man. He seems very happy at Roma and with Mourinho. Like, that's just the feeling I get, that he seems they've got something going on there. And also with these play new players coming in, and Mourinho seems pretty united and like everyone's behind him and the team I also so, uh, feel and this is this is I've got no information on this this is just purely from the outside looking in and knowing how Mourinho works and just knowing how changing rooms the dynamics of changing rooms in football and how they work I do get the feeling like Mourinho's got all his squad together exactly. including the players who have interests from abroad uh, and could play for bigger um, and other clubs and, and he said to them let's all stay together for one more year and let's exactly. give it a go in our third year and they've all there's this brotherhood and they've all come together including yep. Dybala and they've said right let's all go together again next season and that's the impression I've got from everyone do you get that impression as well? exactly the feeling I get too that is yeah. precisely the feeling I get about that he's like think, he's basically building this unit where it's like let's give it one season together let's do something special this season because everything is there for us to do that um, and yeah no I'm with you on that and That's you see exactly that with the, the lack of interest in Roma's <clears throat> players as well like there's you're, yeah. apart from Dybala you're not getting we're, we're, we're not getting any other stories on no. you know Nothing. interest for, for other players obviously Tammy Abraham's got that serious injury um, but you know it's, it's it seems to be quite stable in terms of outgoing players um, with Roma maybe mm. Ibanez but you know the, the deadline is gone now for the financial mm. year, so you know, he probably could stay as well now. Oh God, which I yeah. think would be Gosh. a horror. Which horrible happy, for... of course. Um, no, I feel bad for Roma because I think they deserve a better. I mean, how how much more are we gonna like? How how much more are we gonna watch this dog eat grass? I mean, it's just it's it never changes with him. He's never gonna be. He's not. He's not go. gonna be. Nimmer's any... weekly Ibanez rank. rank. <laughs> why, did I, why did I bring him up? <laughs> drive me mad. I mean, it's just it's annoying to watch him. Even Gianluca Mancini has improved this last season and is turning into you know has. has you know Mourinho's managed to get his head on straight and he's actually doing really well mm. and then you have that guy running Until around Until he scored an own goal in the in the final that was I mean come on that is not that's not an own goal that's a deflection it's not really mm. something you can do I don't know mm. I think that's unfair I think that's unfair mm. we're gonna have a proper we're gonna have a proper Roma deep dive for all the Roma fans listening we're gonna have a Roma deep dive with a Roma journalist uh, looking to do that next week so make sure to check out uh, we're gonna do a proper like we've done with Napoli Juve and Inter we're going to do one with Milan this week I think is, is hopefully we're, we're, we're trying to find someone yeah. yeah we are trying to find someone yeah. but that is in the, that yeah. is in the works yeah, yeah. And, and then we're going to do one for Roma next week and then we're trying to do Lazio and Fiorentina as well yeah absolutely well talking of Lazio Sergei Milinkovic-Savic um, we spoke a little bit about him last week and, and how his contract expires in a year um, he doesn't want to there's, there's no plans to sign a new deal Maurizio Sarri spoken publicly about how he's become a problem. They're pretty much, you know, they, they've, they've pretty much realised Lazio and Latito has that uh, he's going to leave. Um, oh no, it's not just that. They've they've decided that this is what he's going to leave. Like well, they, they have that's, to. Yeah, yeah, he has to. Otherwise, he leaves on a free, and they need that money to reinvest in the squad. Um, the problem has been that none of the no one's been prepared to pay those forty million that he wants, except for the Saudis. Yeah, and that's where we're at now. That's where we're at now. So, so there, there is kind of been a little bit of interest from from 
Italian clubs, Juventus mostly, um, Inter a little bit as well, but yeah. now they've got Fratesi, uh, Milan as well. You know, there has been some lukewarm interest, but nothing, nothing really concrete. Um, other than, I mean, I wouldn't. It definitely isn't concrete interest from Juventus, but there is. You know, they are warmer than anyone else. But like you said, forty million is what Lazio are asking for. They're just not interested now. It's now been confirmed by multiple reports as we're recording that Milinkovic Savic is close to Saudi Arabia. Lazio have accepted a forty million offer that has been made by Al Hilal. Um, Milinkovic Savic's entourage are absolutely delighted with the contract offer and surprisingly 20 million per season for for at least a three-year contract he's he's on just over three million <laughs> so he's jumping from three three almost two, ten you know, nine yeah. times as much like three almost, point, six yeah, times three, as much yeah three point two million um to 20 20 million per a 600 percent uh, salary increase yeah i mean it's, it's just it's just it's absolutely it's absolutely insane so this transfer is going to happen there's some some this transfer is going to happen if unless Milinkovic Savic vetoes it himself because the yeah. clubs want it, uh, Milinkovic Savic's entourage wants it. Um, so it's only the player himself that can that can stop it. Some yeah. journalists think it's inevitable this is going to happen. I'm not going to go that far yet, although by yeah. the time this comes out, it might have happened. Um, but it is looking like, considering the, 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 the lack of concrete interest elsewhere, um, it is looking like this, this could potentially happen. And in, in, I mean, first of all, before we talk about the wider ramifications of this in Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, um, I mean, what do you make of this just from Milinkovic Savic himself? Because this is a player who's 28 years old, who, you know, has been painted as one of, if not the best, central midfielder or midfielder in Serie. This is something which I've never agreed with personally, but I do appreciate the quality of the player. Um, you know, for someone who, you know has such a big reputation within Serie A to be moving to Saudi Arabia at the age of 28 I mean what do you make of that in terms of his career football career I don't think it's got anything to do with that I think it's got to do with the with the fact that I think he he overstayed his well like when he signed that contract extension with Lazio showing incredible loyalty to the club and then the covid happened that's when I think his chances of a big transfer evaporated because for me I I always thought Real Madrid were going to go big on this guy but then they decided to go elsewhere and and they needed to go elsewhere because of their financial situation as well um so for me it's it's I still think he's one of the best midfielders to play in in the world in cl- at club level for the last decade, I think he's absolutely fantastic. He's complete. I mean, you talk about complete midfielders. There's not a single position centrally on the pitch that he's not occupied and has not occupied and done so really well. Um, I think he's fantastic. But it's clear that I think that contract extension, which coincided with a, a couple of, I think one or two years later, COVID, that essentially sealed his transfer away to a big club. Um, that, that that you know that killed it off completely, and he's for me it's it's a shame because it's one of my favourite midfielders uh, of the last decade. I think he's absolutely fantastic, and I'm going to be sad to see him go because I still think he has he has in it you know he has football in him, and I think he's still got good work, good years in him. I, I'm you know though we can debate whether or not he's already peaked and if he's if he's going to maintain this level or. 
if he can do that and the consistency and all that. But I still I still think that he has lots to offer. Mm. Um, I, I think it's I think it's very telling that <clears throat> in all these years, with the exception of Man United, who my understanding never actually made a proper official offer for him, mm. there's never ever been any real concrete bids or offers for, for Milinkovic Savic from outside of, of Serie A we know that mm. Italian clubs have wanted him we know Juventus have been big on him for, for years and yes. there has been interest from Inter as well um, but you know the, the, the lack of interest from, from outside and now when you add to that now the fact that he's available for just 40 million this summer and nobody wants him from outside of Serie A at just 40 million with all the money that the Premier League clubs uh, have and the fact that pretty much every Premier League club this summer is changing, is making big revolutions in their midfields this summer. Go through every single club; they're all making big midfield signings. Liverpool are changing their whole midfield. Man City are making loads of changes in their midfield. Uh, Man United are signing a, a top central midfielder. Uh, Arsenal are signing two, at least two central midfielders. Um, you know, go through all of them. Newcastle. I mean, they're all buying big midfielders, and they've all got so much money, and nobody comes in from Linkovic Savic. But he's not million. a high intensity player. I think that's the issue. He's, he doesn't have that style. Um, well, but- yeah, I think that's. I think that's part of it. I think that also goes to show that it kind of confirms what like, this. I've never considered this guy a, a top top player. I think, mm. I think he's. You know, for, mm. for Serie A, he's been suited. I think there's no doubt about the technical level and the unique school, skill set that he's had. But I think it's been. He's been kind of like a midfield Immobile, obviously a completely different different player to Immobile. But he's done, you know, he's been fantastic on a domestic level for a team of the level of Lazio. But he's never been able to prove himself on a higher stage, you know, in major well, tournaments internationally look. or in Europe for Lazio. And and he's, you know, some will say we'll never know, but he's he's never had that interest. For, or, to from, me, I think he has been one of the best, when he was awarded the best midfielder of the Serie A, I think he was the best midfielder in the Serie A. And I think that's when he should have left Lazio to have a big career. But of mm. course he didn't. Um, so no, I, I disagree with you a little bit there. I think the quality is is not up for debate. I think it's just a circumstance. Life uh, happened, and 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 he never went. And I don't, I don't think he ever was a Premier League style player. I think somewhere like a Real well, Madrid. Well, even if it's or, Premier League, you know, even it could be it could be Spain. It could be it could be yes, yeah, Spain. Could be Bayern, I, it could I be, always thought Real Madrid. It could be Bayern Munich. Always it could be Real PSG. Madrid. Why haven't PSG yeah. come in? They're revolutionising yeah. the midfield. Yeah. Why they haven't? Even they, they haven't come yeah. in for him this no. summer. I mean. There, there, there is a reason. If, yeah. if none of these clubs are interested in him, then there has to be yeah. a reason for that. So that's that's my issue from him, from an individual point of view. But I mean, the bigger picture here, Nima, is, you know, and we have to talk about this, is that Saudi Arabia, this is a paradigm shift in, in football it is. right right now. And it's not just Milinkovic Savic, it's Pogba as well. There have been reports that, I mean, Paul Pogba visited Saudi Arabia over the weekend. Um, he was asked... Um, is he moving to Saudi Arabia? Uh, in a clip that you can see, it's, it's on social media. And he, he said, "Who knows? Um, now, no. Today, no. Tomorrow, we don't know." And then he was asked if he would join Al Hittihad or, or Al Hali, and he replied, "I don't know. We'll see." I mean, this could have just been him, you know, just he, he just didn't want to talk. I don't know, but um, you know, there are lots of reports. Gazetta are saying that an intermediary uh, met with. Um, uh, uh, an intermediary from from Saudi from the Saudi Arabian clubs met with uh, his agent Rafael uh, Pimenta, Pimenta, Rafaela Pimenta, Rafaela yeah. Pimenta, uh, and uh, to discuss you know his future, uh, and you know so 
you know that that will that will play out of the well, of course. If Juve, if, I mean, for Juve, this is like winning the lottery. Um, they're get, they're getting a thirty year old that they signed on a free transfer. Even if they get just ten million euros for him, which I'm sure they won't, they'll get more. Yeah. But even if they just get well, 10 from a million, fin- financially, yeah, it will be. He's a huge burden on the on their, yeah. On their accounts, his wages yeah. are massive. They mm-hmm. they sign him on a free transfer. They sell him a year later for it's all capital gains. This time, not fictitious, but actual ones. <laughs> and they 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 offload his wages, and they uh, they get a player who you know what I've my opinion about this. I think he's he's finished at this level. I I don't think he can play at this level. Again, I think, and not that he's. I think it's a physical issue with him. His body well, yeah, just can't do it. He, he can't even play for five minutes without pulling the muscle. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> and that's such a sad thing to see because yeah. I think he was a, he was a, you know, I, I think especially for France when they won the World Cup, I thought that midfield was so so good, and he mm. was such an integral part of that. Um, but no, it's. But yeah, uh, I mean, we'll see what we'll see what happens with Pogba. For, big, for the, Juve, this is like winning the lottery. For, for, Juve, like winning for, the lottery. for Juve, yeah, it's. De- de- I, I think deep down, I think I think Juventus would definitely want it. Um, oh Pogba. yeah. I mean, Romero Gresti we had on the show last week or the week before, uh, and uh, he, he said that Pogba wants to stay at Juventus. He wants to prove himself and, and try and be, make a success of it. But you know, that's what Pogba wants. That isn't what necessarily what Juventus want. Um, so, I, so yeah, I, I think I think. Look, let's watch the space. Let's see how this develops. Um, I think it could happen. I mean, if Juve, were, if 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 they were to make a good offer to Juve around, I don't know, minimum 25, 30 million euros, Juve will bite that hand, or like bite that, oh, bite their hands, they'll snap oh, sure, it off for sure. But um, the bigger picture here is the bigger picture here is Saudi Arabia is the Saudi Arabian Pro League is changing football um, completely. There is, there is twenty billion dollars to invest into football between now and what i mean it, the world cup's definitely going to go to saudi arabia yeah 2034 is the target because they or pulled tw- out or even 2030, 2030. No, they pulled out of that bid didn't they i mean that that combined i don't bid was think cut. so I don't yeah think they, they did the yet. 2030 bid they pulled out of yeah it's 2034 is that official is that yeah, official I, I, yeah i checked it it was 2030 they've pulled out Okay. Um, so, but 2034 is is the one that they want to go for. Um, they want that bid, and and I think it gives them about 10, 11 years to build up something. Um, and they're going to invest heavily in football, not just now, because again, Qatar, Saudi is not Qatar. Saudi is a big country with a huge population, and it's a football mad country, and they have football history and football culture, and this is just gonna. They essentially want to be what the Premier League is and what the Serie A was, but in Asia, in the Middle East. They want to export their, their domestic club football like that. Um, it's, well, four it's clubs, four Saudi clubs, Al-Hitihad, Al-Ali, Al-Nasser and Al-Hilal, yeah. are, well, they've been transformed basically into companies that are owned by the PIF. Uh, and that's, that's who owns the, um, yeah. the, the sovereign fund that owns yeah. of Saudi Arabia that owns yeah. um, Newcastle and yeah. also has massive shares in in, um, in Chelsea um, as well now you know that like I said 20 million dollars I mean it's just it's just insane uh, and you know obviously this has a, a big effect on Italian clubs in the sense that you know they can come over here come over to Serie A and buy Sergei Milinkovic Savic they can buy Pogba they can, buy well, they can do it to the Premier League as well. I mean, there's talk of Bernardo Silva. I mean, there's talk of yeah. there's lots of you know they will they're going to do that. Um, they're going to build their domestic football up, and they're going to do it their way. 
Mm. Um, so this is this is just you know when when you have a completely deregulated market and you build it on big fish eating small fish, there's always a bigger fish, and the Premier League compared to Saudi is not the biggest fish because they can pay they don't they're not they can do whatever they want they can yeah. do whatever they want and no one can stop them so this is just this is just a continuation like i said a couple of weeks ago of of things set in motion decades ago yeah i think uh, i think the big the big change within football here is that um the impact this is, has on uefa um not just i mean we've been to we talk about it on the pod i mean football is i don't want to use the word dead i use that word football is dead i use that term about 14 years ago i remember <laughs> but you know you look at what uefa hasn't made the changes that required they they could have they would have been protected to an extent from from a new player like saudi arabia if they'd have made the changes to football that were needed that we've but been crying out to. as fast and they've never done that i mean players we know to. they weren't players, interested footballers earn too much money Agents take too much take too much money, uh, you know, out, out of, the, of game. the game. Young players, you know, been taken advantage of, but certainly from the smaller from the smaller countries, they've they've allowed state ownership to happen in football, which should never should never been allowed to happen. There should never be any state ownership uh, be be permitted in football. Uh, you know, fan ownership, you know, <clears> they they that hasn't been possible in this type of football. Um, the, the 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 differences and disparity between between leagues has got larger and larger and larger and larger to the extent where we're in this ridiculous situation now where teams like Nottingham Forest are spending more in a transfer window than the entirety of Serie A, um, which is just an absolute joke. Um, And the difference in TV revenue between, you know, Premier League and all the other leagues and, um, you know, the, the, the... the financial fair play rules and how they, they they've been a joke. Uh, you know the the sal- no impossible to make a salary cap. They've um, not even tried it. That's the no. thing. They've not tried to do any of these. Things. They've made All no attempt done. to make it a level to, to make to, to to make rules in football and and, and to, to make it competitive and and it's so imbalanced football now. And you know people like us are you know we're fed up of it. Um, mm. And you know our heart is still there because we grew up with it, but mm. it's sad to see what happens. Well, they've created a vacuum where, well, Saudi Arabia can come along and basically do what they want and spend like mad. You know, yeah. I'm not saying I like that either, but you know, well, it's it's the Wild West now, <laughs> and well, and it's but it's been the Wild West for a long time. That's yeah. exactly it. I mean, mm. it's like when you create certain, when you when you open when you allow, you know, you can't just say that it's a completely free market for everyone, for anyone with the biggest wallet to do whatever they want, and you maintain that, and then complain when somebody with a bigger wallet comes from Asia. It's just, mm. You can't do that. You, you, you've done this for 30, 40 years. You've wanted this. This is, your, this is, the, this is the sum of your ambitions. Enjoy it. You know, there's always a bigger fish in the sea that, that yeah. it's, it's it's as simple as that and and so now uefa are upset and and they're you know premier league people and their you know cronies in the media are upset but i have mm. no empathy i'm sorry and also saudi arabian clubs have no like literally no rules to go by i mean financial fair yeah. play even though that doesn't apply to premier league clubs but it does apply yeah. to 
other UEFA leagues and yeah, other but it UEFA doesn't, clubs. It doesn't, but there doesn't are no rules that. in Saudi Arabia. I mean, they literally can no, spend in, whatever in they want football, and not even yeah. pretend to, to, to be no. playing by the rules, you know? No, it's because just, it's a different legal framework. I mean, everyone yeah. has a different legal framework and they, they, they are doing, they want to build their domestic league and they wanted to make it a huge international success. They, I mean, I know, for example, that when Cristiano Ronaldo joined Saudi, Poland started showing Saudi league football and people are actually watching it. That they, they understand that this is how they're going to grow. They're actually really smart. They're not just blowing money on star players. They're, they're putting an infrastructure in place, both in terms of marketing, both in terms of um, structure, in terms of, you know, with youth development and for their own players. You know, the stadiums are fantastic state-of-the-art stadiums. Um, you know, they're, they're, what are they doing in terms of grassroots and youth? Because that's something that I haven't seen much reporting on. So. No, they've. I mean, if you look at the Saudi national team in the World Cup this past time, look at look at all these players and how how good they were technically. That's the result of a long term, long time investment in bringing foreign coaches to set a standard at academy level to grow and develop players and, and, and a certain kind of players, modern players. Um, I think Saudi was one of the surprises of the World Cup. They really, really impressed me with how they played, um, and and so no, look, this is this is um, they, they, this is a long time coming, and and they feel that they want to create this kind of new super league in mm. the Middle East. With, well, if, it's, if it really is 2000, 2034 and not two thousand thirty, I've just had a look. I can't find anything official mm-hmm. on it, but I've seen reports saying that they, they're going to they're going to pull out of two thousand. I mean, if it's two thousand thirty four, that's actually bad news for the Premier League and for UEFA if it's 2034 because that means that this spending is guaranteed for at least over a decade um, whereas if it's 2030 then there will always be the, the idea that well once they've got the World Cup they'll do kind of what Qatar did and start to to rein in and and, and you know and, and, and what it's achieved politically achieved what they want to do and, and, and they move on you know so if it's 2034 then we're talking about a decade of this and then that is a yeah that is definitely a, a potential threat to the to the the Premier League in terms of, well, doing what the Premier League have done, and that is hoarding and buying everything from everyone. And that isn't going to happen now if, it's, if, Saudi, if the Saudi League is there. But it is going to have a knock-on effect on, on Serie A, definitely. I'm checking now, and I just should double-check now, and it says the Egypt-Greece-Saudi-Arabia 2030 World Cup bid was a joint, was a joint bid to host the 2030 World Cup by Egypt, Greece and Saudi Arabia. Um, and 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 so they're speaking about it in a past tense kind of thing. So, on what? Where? Where's it? On, on, by uh, who? No, I went on uh, their Wikipedia page. Okay. Well. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah. I, I I haven't seen anything official anyway. That's 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 what I'm, that's what I mean. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, it wouldn't surprise me knowing how corrupt FIFA is that they hold it in the Middle East twice in three tournaments, which shouldn't be allowed. Um, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, I would, I would say. Oh, it says no, no. It's, it says in, yeah, Egypt's minister of youth said on April the eighth that Egypt does not intend to submit a World Cup bid for twenty thirty, uh, and later June twenty third, twenty twenty three, the three nations announced they would not submit a bid to host a World Cup, citing their support for Spain, Portugal, Morocco as the reason. Okay, well, yeah, well, fair enough. If that's what this, that's what's being said, I, I hadn't seen anything official mm-hmm. on it. I, mm-hmm. I, no, but it's, I think twenty thirty four is the one they're going for, um, but we'll see. Yeah, 
Yeah, we'll see. Okay, just before we, we get on to bad Joe Prem face of the week, Kim Min Jae, he will leave Napoli to to join Bayern Munich this week. How did Napoli possibly replace this guy? They don't. You don't replace Kim Min Jae. <laughs> you you buy someone who can have potential and be as good maybe one day or, or grow into the role, but you they struck they 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 struck gold or diamond when they found Kim Min Jae. I think he is last season he was the best defender in the world in Europe. I think he was complete. He had no weaknesses. He was absolutely fantastic. And Bayern Munich, if they manage to get this guy and if they buy Harry Kane or whoever they buy, they're looking like they are going for European glory. Um, and yeah, no, it's you, you know there there's you know we had. Um, Vincenzo Credendino on last week on uh, Wednesday to discuss this particular instance and there's no final decision been made but you know Napoli are aware that they struck gold with Kim Min Jae and it's going to be almost impossible to to find someone who who can replace him. Yeah it looks like they're moving towards the Japanese centre-back Ko Itakura mm. so they're remaining in the in the Far East yeah. No, I mean, look, they're scouting. It wasn't just Juntoli, but you know, they have a fantastic scouting network. Of course, Juntoli was the one who headed all of that. But no, Kim Min Jae is is a fantastic player, and I think he's going to be an absolute beast for Bayern Munich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting Bayern. They've got like three centre backs that are all the same, like in terms of their physique and style of play. Like Kim Min Jae. Uh, Upamecano and uh, and Delict. So hmm. yeah, rather, only yeah, I mean, Delict is a little bit slow. Um, I think compared to Kim and Jay and Upamecano as well. well Upamecano is rapid, but yeah, yeah, they're all a bit. Yeah, they're not like on the turn. It's not their strengths, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's it's. It's going to be interesting to see because do they play with a back three, back four? I mean, what does what does Tuchel do? It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, yeah, because he does like to play with a back three, but yeah. Yeah, maybe that's not the Bayern way. And no. and and he and if we know anything, it's that the Bayern way always supersedes. So, you know, but then again, Bayern kind of completely fell apart unexpectedly, unexpectedly last season. Uh, yeah, and but still won the league because Dortmund are the biggest bottlers. <laughs> no, that is the biggest bottle job. I can't. I, I don't <laughs> understand how they did not win the city in the Bundesliga. Isn't it? Unbelievable! I still can't believe they didn't win it. I can. <laughs> I can. <laughs> I can. Yeah, amazing. Right, let's finish off with Bad Joe and Prem face of the week. Bad Joe. Um, it's a bit of a weak one, I'd say, but we. I think we got to hand it to the Italy under-19s, who mm. are now in... Are they not in the semi-finals, are they now? Yeah, I don't know how much credit we can give them for that. <laughs> I mean, they beat Malta 4-0, um, yeah. where they scored three penalties in an own goal <laughs> to beat them. Uh, and then they got hammered 5-1 by Portugal or the, uh, in the second game. Although, I have to say this again, right? Anti-Italian discrimination <laughs> on show once again. Did you watch this game? No, I watched, I this, the is the, this is the only Italy under 19 game I've watched in the tournament so far and I didn't I, I, haven't, I haven't watched the other one I have to be admit I'm going to watch the semi-final um, and they were 1-0 up in this game and they were actually the better team they were in control <clears throat> then Portugal equalised with a goal that was five yards offside uh, there's no there's no VAR um, of course there, there. isn't that seems five to be yards this. offside and then um, so obviously they cracked up and then um, they got a sending off uh, um Italy player got sent off the guy that scored uh, Lipani I think it was uh, for I mean it, 
second yellow card for like the, the referee gestured that he'd elbowed the guy in the face, but he'd like brushed him with his hand while he was moving and with his arm when he was moving. It was just, it was just a terrible refereeing again. And then they obviously they fell apart after that and they, they got hammered 5-1. But they still only needed a draw against Poland on Sunday to qualify and they, they, they got a one or draw. They were actually losing 1-0, but I, I didn't watch the game. So I, I, I'm not sure how that game went. So yeah, they're in the semi-final now and um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they do. Mm. Yeah, we will. We will. I, I want to give a shout out though to, to two to two people. Uh, Luis Suarez, uh, legend, uh, Inter legend and mm. uh, Spain legend. Amazing player, the Grand Inter, uh, who died age 88 uh, and also I want to just give best wishes to Edwin van der Sar who's obviously in a he's in intensive care and in a very delicate situation um, at the moment um, so obviously wish him the best so two two kind of yeah former Serie A figures there Prem face of the week have you got anyone? no but we there's been quite a few we've been sent around, uh, but no, no one. Okay. I've not seen anything in 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 particular this week, but yeah. there was one. Oh, I can't remember. It was someone sent us to it? Someone sent it to us. Um, a, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was, um, it was a, once again something uh, you know typical, prim faceish about. Uh, whether some I can't remember who it was if we could cut it in the Premier League or someone oh I can't remember now um, no well, have you got uh, Rory the Tory I think it was yes what did he say I think it was him yeah he said something oh I can't remember it was it was um, Rory Rory the Tory did say about Tonali he he said that thank you that's the one was it about that's Tonali yeah yeah he, he was he was saying that Newcastle were a bigger club than than that's Milan. the that's the one that's yeah. the one that's uh, yeah. yeah that's the one that we got sent to and it was sent to us by um by one of our patrons, um, Nicholas Bins. Now I remember. Yeah, he sent me, he sent me a tweet, and and I died yeah. of laughter. Um, yeah, no, it, it was it was it was it was Rory Jennings. I good. He said about Newcastle being a bigger club than Milan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. How many goals did Haaland score last season again? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you'd think this guy would shut the f up, but <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I no. guess not. No. I would love to. I would love to see seeing how your last appearance went on Talksport. He's a presenter on Talksport. I would love to see you invite invited back onto Talksport, but but have Rory the Tory. Like do, asking the questions this time, that that would be like <laughs> that. That would just be gold, radio gold. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Was funny. No, it, I mean, given how, yeah, but I mean, Martin Samuel really, tr- I really triggered him. I didn't no, think I would, but he no, no, he wrote, he wrote a whole article about you yeah, next I week. It. <laughs> it was it was very 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 funny. Um, it was very Love very it. entertaining. Um, but no, yeah, but look. At least that's a you know he's you know Martin Samuel is a journalist. I don't know what Rory what is he uh, is he he's just an influencer isn't he? He's like that Mark Goldbridge who's actually Italian. I think he I was an extra that. in EastEnders once. I think. Yes, that's the one. Like, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, he's a yeah. But I I I got to say though, finding out that Mark Goldbridge is not his actual name, but that he's actually Italian. No way. Brent Di Cesare. No, get 
get the F out no, of here. No, no, no. Brent. Br- Brent Di Cesare. Brent. Yes, that's his real name. Oh my gosh. So he's, he's, he's half, half, he's half, half Italian. Italian. Yeah. He's half Italian and his mum got the naming rights, basically. <laughs> Brent I mean, I don't Cesare. think any Italian dad would ever call their son Brent. <laughs> <laughs> no, his, his name is Brent Di Cesare um, oh and he's half God. Italian. When I found that out, my I was like, okay, I did not see that one coming. So apparently it's just an alias, uh, the Goldbridge thing. Brent Di Cesare. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, and he's a massive Italian. prem face. Obviously, obviously took no, none of his Italian from his from his father. <laughs> <laughs> no, so he is half Italian. He used to be a police officer as well. Yes, I, yeah, I read that. Yeah, yeah, I knew I that. Mean, and, and then he and and, and he, he uh, there was a clip going viral because he absolutely lost his shit because people were trolling him on a on a YouTube live about Andrea Nana being done, and he's like, he went full on, like Karen <laughs> live brilliant. on TV. Yeah, that's insane. Because oh, I do. That's this the all. last person I thought would be would be Italian. Yeah, know? it's like yeah, sometimes get these redhead Italians. Have you yeah. seen them? Like there's, there's oh, there's, in, we got them in Iran as well. Yeah, I know. yeah, was, and it's like they just don't look Italian at all. But you can no. actually get quite a few of them. That, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I was really surprised when I found out his real name is Brent Di Cesare, and he's mm. half Italian. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's well, nice, on that, that note, we're great. not going to beat that, so let's leave it at no, that. No, um, let's leave it at okay, that. Okay, right. So, well, yeah, back on Tuesday for the Q&A and Thursday for a, another transfer special deep dive on a club in Serie A. And, yeah, then back again next Monday. So, yeah, lots of transfer stuff going on. Uh, Italy under-19s, good luck to them. We will see you on Tuesday. Until then, ciao, ciao.